0: Welcome to season two, everyone. We want to thank everyone out there who tuned in and showed love and support. It means so much to know that what we're doing is connecting with you. Stay tuned for more fun, informative, insightful, and entertaining content. We're looking forward to an amazing season two with you all. One love. Let me go ahead and do that. All right. Hello. Hi, Ecta, Welcome.
1: Hi, thank you. Welcome.
0: Yeah, it's really it's really great to to finally be in your presence. <laughs> it's really it's really awesome because I think um, the the last time that uh, we actually met would have been years ago. Like I'm saying, yeah. before 2012, um, you you were in Clarkson, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that was a while back, but we've been keeping our eye on what you've been doing in the community. And so far you've been um, you've been doing some really great things in the real estate uh, industry. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And we figured this would be a great opportunity for uh, for us to pick your brain a little bit and educate the community on ways to, ways to, become successful when it comes to real estate and investing and, and every little trick of the trade that you know that you're willing to share of course yeah, yeah? sure I'm, I'm an open book yeah awesome so let me just uh let me just uh let's let's go ahead and pop that there okay great now tell us a little bit about 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 you and uh and what you do when you got started where are you from
1: well, I am from Mississauga, born and raised, okay. uh, lived there majority of my life. I'm still hanging around Mississauga now. Okay. Um, I've been a realtor for 10 years now. So it wasn't like fresh out of school or anything. I did like business management and post-secondary, um, thought about what kind of job I could find with that. It wasn't really much. Um, I was in the insurance industry for a bit, working like the nine to five office life. And then I decided one day just to do my real estate courses. My father's actually a real estate agent. So I've kind of grown up around it my whole life. Um, and so I was kind of like, maybe I should try it. So I decided to do the courses and give it a try. I initially started doing it kind of like part time, not putting, putting you know all of my energy into it. It took me a few years to really kind of understand what it means to be self-employed, what it means to be an entrepreneur, how to kind of manage yourself and your time correctly in yeah. order to be successful, su- successful doing it and to kind of hop out of that nine to five mindset. Um, and now 10 years later, I think I have a pretty good grasp of it. I'm doing OK.
0: <laughs> 10 years is no small feat. Um, you know, uh, 10 years is also is also very, very like it's still new, right? Because uh, a, a lot of like the success stories we hear of some people is they you know, they put in the work uh, and they put in all that work underneath the, the surface of uh, of their success um, that people don't see, mm-hmm. and and then when they break through, everyone thinks like oh it's overnight. For you, did it feel like it was like overnight where when you got to the level that you are now? Because it's not just it's not just real estate. I think you you do investments as well, right? I, I mean, they, of
1: course they go hand in hand. Yeah. Um, it wasn't an overnight thing for me. It was literally like steps up the ladder one by one. My first year in real estate, um, working in it as a profession, I think I for the entire year, my yearly income was $12,000, which I mean, it's less than a retail job.
0: Yeah.
1: My second year in real estate, I think my yearly income was 20000 So that being said, every year I learned a few more things. I figured out how to manage a few more things better. I'm now at a place where I do it full time. you know, it pays the bills. It does well for me. I've incorporated, you know, my side business, which does go hand in hand with real estate of the investment group.
0: Right. The investing group, uh, you know, we're going to, uh, we're going to pop it up here for, no, that's not it. This is it right here. Yeah. Um, the investing group. Tell us a little bit more about the investment. It's DFE Investment Group. Yeah? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so what, what does it stand for? What's it all about?
1: Okay. So basically the reason for it and, and and what I've had in my mindset for a number of years before I actually took the step to actually create it and put it into work is that there's people out there in our community. I mean, I grew up in an area where we have people of all income levels, all, you know, all types of families there together. There's people that I've connected with and stayed in touch with all these years who want to make better for themselves, want to invest into things like real estate, which they know will be an everlasting asset for them, but they're not in a position to do some themselves. If you know anything about real estate um, in Ontario, you do need, you know, good credit, good income on paper, certain things to be able to qualify, to be able to purchase a home and then an asset like that on your own. So the whole point of the DfE Investment Group was to help those people that are not in a position to be able to invest by themselves, but to use the DfE Investment Group as a stepping stone to do group investments, to come together with a group of others. So everyone kind of brings a little piece of the puzzle. We make a little group together. Everyone benefits from it, not only just financially, but there's a few other ways as well, to eventually be able to get everyone to a position to be able to be investors on their own. So right now it's just leveraging off of each other.
0: So what's the qualification to get in, in involved with this group? Like, Cause I know there are some uh, investment groups where you know, you need to be an accredited investor, have 250,000 of net worth before you can even, uh, you know, take a look at uh, the, the contracts or the deals. What's it like for DFE investment?
1: So um, this is nothing like that. This is more of like a a community-based investment group where if you have, I mean, we do have a minimum uh, money requirement to be able to join an investment just because it would not be beneficial if you had less than that amount. What is Um, it? So we do say that the minimum amount is $15,000 to be able to join a group. That being said, someone may come in with $15,000 and someone may come in with $60,000. And your piece of the, the, the pie, your profit margin is going to be based on, of course, what you're coming into the group with. Okay. Um, and there's other people who have great credit that are joining the group, but may not have a lot of liquid funds, whereas other people, as I said, may have that $60,000 cash, but their credit is shot and they're not in a very good position. In terms of credit wise, so they then join the group to try and boost their credit in certain ways so there's there's different targets of everyone that enters the group at the end of the day, you are benefiting in multiple ways.
0: Okay, that's awesome. And this is what you decided to set up through DFE Investment Group. Uh, And so far, what has been the response from the community?
1: Uh, We've done a number of like Instagram lives, just trying to kind of just get it out there. Tons of people interested, people trying to understand how it works, what the benefits are. We have like a wait list of people looking to join. Uh, We are in the middle of an investment right now. So we are working with a current group on a renovation project. Uh, which is on the screen there um we're 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 reaching the end of that renovation and we'll be putting it back on the market the people involved in that group will then get back their their profits from it and then either decide to reinvest with us or some of them may be in a position to now go off and invest by themselves
0: right right so and uh i guess the question here is like what um What's been the, ch- the most challenging aspect of, of this group, if there is any?
1: Um, there's been a few. I would say the organization of the group is very important. Okay. You want to put together, A, you would like to put together like-minded individuals, because there are some people that are just looking for a short-term investment. And they want to be completely hands-off and say, here, Ekta, do what you want. Here's my money. I just need it back in three months. And then there's other people who are open to a longer term investment. They know that they don't want their money back just yet. And they also but they do want to be involved with every aspect of the, the investment and get updates every day and make decisions in the group and so it's, it's, a, it's a matter of managing people to put similar personalities together, to put similar realistic expectations together of everyone in the group. That's been one of, um, one of the hardest points to manage. Okay. Um, I think another one is also just timelines because we have so many people interested. Um, things in the housing market sometimes are out of our control. Like the current renovation project that we're working on now, yeah. we were hoping to have it done by the beginning of this month. We've now had to push it back a few weeks just because of, you know, contractors, materials, things like that.
0: Nothing to do with like COVID or anything like that. Yeah, just more no, so. We
1: passed the COVID hump at this point. This is kind of the aftermath of COVID. So, you know, co- um, contractors and renovators are super busy right now. Okay. Um, the cost of materials has gone up a lot. So That has had an effect on our budget as well. So we're just kind of dealing with those things.
0: Okay. So as a woman, and like, I'm, I'm, I'm only saying, I'm, I'm saying this not because you're a woman, but because of the fact that there's been always some kind of ceiling for women when it comes to business and being an entrepreneur. So as a woman and running your own investment group and being a realtor. What are some challenges that you're facing? And also I've got some women here that are on the Instagram live. So I don't know if you have your Instagram prime, if you want to jump on and uh, if they have any questions, maybe we can uh, answer it for them as well. But what's, what's it like running your business? I mean, you've been a realtor for 10 years and now DFE investments. How long have you been operating that?
1: I've been operating that for a year and a half now.
0: Okay. A year and a half now. And what's, what's your experience like, Um, like, like, how do people treat you in the industry?
1: Um, It's hard because I feel like as a woman in the industry, we are starting to make grounds. Um, I'll talk about the real estate aspect first. In terms of like real estate as a profession, you're not always taken seriously, unfortunately. There's certain um, types of real estate, like commercial real estate, for example, that's the selling of plazas and gas stations and hotels and things like that. Those those large ticket items where it's generally a male driven industry and you're you're not taken as seriously unfortunately you're kind of talked down to you kind of have to show them that you're just you know just as smart as them you have as much knowledge of, of them to break through those barriers with a lot of these guys have been in the industry you know 30 40 years so it's not even about just being a female it's about being female and I think I'm relatively young mm-hmm. um, so it's about ba- breaking through those barriers as well. Same okay. thing when it comes to like the DFE investment group. Whereas you know um, contractors, for example, you know we're, we're always trying to build relationships with new people in the industry, whether that's contractors or you know mortgage and financials and things. So when I'm having my my initial introductory conversation with some of these people, I'm not always taken seriously. They think that maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm just trying a thing, not knowing that you know I've I've studied this. I've tried. To make sure I know exactly what I'm doing before I have set foot foot into starting to do it.
0: Okay, all right. Now, if you weren't doing what you're doing now, what what would be what would you be doing instead?
1: This is it. Nothing else. This is Nothing else. Huh? What I've always wanted to do, and that's exactly what I'm doing.
0: Okay, well, that's awesome. Then that's really awesome. Um, now, uh, how many how many how many projects uh, have you? Have you done?
1: Uh, so we're on our, with the DFE Investment Group, we're on the second mm-hmm. um, in terms of the renovation projects. We have one that's a long-term hold. So there's a few different types of investments that we do with the DFE Investment Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's their short term, which would be, you know, six months and less. Uh, there's a medium term, which is a year to two years. And then there's a long term, which is you hold it for a large number of years. Um, so we've done a long-term and, uh, we are on our second short-term investment.
0: Okay. And what, what do you prefer to be involved with? And like, what do the investors prefer?
1: I think everyone can, uh, prefers the short-term just because they're thinking of it as like quick overturn, quick, quick cash, you know, put your money in, get it back out. You have your profit there, move on, do the next thing. I think everyone prefers that, um, which I do just because I like to see people winning and, and they're, they're happy. But yeah. in terms of like the work, that's the hardest for me. That's, that's the hardest to manage. That's the most amount of work I have to do. Whereas the longer terms, it's, it's definitely more spaced
0: out. Okay. And uh, what's the average return on investment for these projects?
1: So we guarantee a minimum of 22% return on your investment. Um, I've seen other companies out there that guarantee things like 15%, 25%, etc. Um, the higher the guarantee, it usually comes with a lot of fine print and stipulations. Okay. So we don't have a ton of fine print. We do have a contract with everybody that invests. Um, it is a legally binding contract. It literally just shows You've invested. It's with this company. This is the term of your investment. This is the minimum you'll get back out of it. This is who else is involved in the investment, and that's it. Very simple. Very. There's no legal jargon. There's nothing. There's no hidden words in there. Um, that being said, that 22% minimum, we always give back higher. It always ends up being higher than that. So
0: how, what What do you do that gets your 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 returns so high and like seems like it's better than the competition that's out there?
1: Um, It's just basically knowing the market. So for example, we'll talk about the renovation project. Um, You buy it at a price that you know is low enough that you have room to grow. So the purpose of obviously renovating a property is to then make extra money on your purchase. So let's say your renovation is only costing you $10,000. Your goal with that renovation is to raise the market value of your home $50,000. So that 10,000 should be giving you 50 or 60,000. Being in the market we're in right now in the GTA, and it it is cooling down a bit, we were lucky enough to be lucky and unlucky to be in situations where there's bidding wars, there's multiple offers. So if your home is only worth 460,000 in a normal market, because of these bidding wars, sellers would get back 510, 530, 540,000 because there's so much interest in the property. Well, that's amazing for our investors because the higher we sell it for, the more profits are making on the property.
0: Right. Now, are are you dealing with uh, established properties or new builds more?
1: More, when we're doing the renovation, it's gonna be established property. They're gonna be a little bit older. Um, We generally just do renovations that are more aesthetic in terms of we're not changing a lot of the structure. Um, because that ends up being like big ticket budgets like we need to have a larger budget to do, do those so our goal is to do renovations that are within a minimal or a realistic budget to know that we have a lot of room for growth so we won't be you know tearing down the whole house and rebuilding a custom home on the property we're doing smaller renovations so we're building a basement we're building a kitchen we're building a bathroom things like that
0: okay uh now You work with contractors but is there somebody i mean what's your team look like when it comes to real estate and also the dfe investments
1: um so i mean in terms of real estate my team is i mean as much as i'm a one-man show in terms of i'm the face of you know everything that i'm doing with my clients i have a strong support team behind me whether that's a group of mortgage individuals whether that's the back end of my office my secretary my assistant my my legal representatives who are there to step in when I need them. We have home inspectors, home appraisers, people that I have really good relationships with that I know that I can call them. And as soon as we need something, they're there. Same mm-hmm. thing with the DFE investment group. We have a group of contractors depending on what need we have electricians, plumbers, also depending on what city we're in, um, that they're willing to go to certain places and do certain things for us.
0: Correct. Okay. okay, cool. Very cool. Now in terms of like what's the one thing that stands out to you from your your 10-year experience that's been the biggest challenge
1: um i think it would be figuring out how really to manage to manage not getting a bi-weekly you know paycheck to know how to manage your time to know that I don't have to wake up at seven o'clock because I have to be at work for 8 p.m., but I should still wake up at seven o'clock because I got to do things for myself. So it's a lot of managing, it's a lot of trying to stay present on social media, trying to keep up with the times and the trends and like people like TikToks and reels and you know, IG lives and things like this, whereas, you know, seven, eight years ago, this was of course not the thing.
0: So are you are you like also building a team that deals with your social media or is this something that you're handling yourself?
1: I currently handle that myself. it myself. It's it's hard to handle, so I think I'm gonna need to outsource that soon, just okay. because I'm not as present as I would like to be. Just frankly, because I don't have the time, and I'm not the greatest at the social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is something that I'm trying to work on for the near future.
0: Based on what you've what you've told us so far, uh, it just seems like it, the the challenge for you in the beginning was like getting into the mindset of being your own boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like having the responsibility to say, hey, look, I might not have to wake up at 7 a.m. just to get to the office at 8 a.m., but I still need to get up so then I can prep for my day. Yeah,
1: exactly. Or make your own routine for the day, right? Like my routine is much different than it would be for someone that go, goes into the office for 8 a.m., but right. I still have a morning routine.
0: What's it like? What, what, what is that routine?
1: Um, so I'm up at seven. I take a bit of time to like still my mind and just kind of give thanks for my day and and focus on what I need to some positive aspects of, of the day before and the, and the day to come to do a to-do list. Um, and then I generally start my day by being on the internet. That's usually my morning is that time to try and do some of that social media work that I need to do. And then I generally don't, head out into like the world and and on the road until like 11 12 o'clock that's when i'll generally start actually physically meeting people
0: so how do you not like get distracted because you say you start your day off like on the internet and i've i've tried my best and sometimes you just have to get into the mode of like uh income generating activity or else you get onto the instagram or the facebook and you just get sucked down the black hole of like oh interesting scroll 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 and Two three hours goes by how do you avoid that
1: the thing is for me it's a pro and a con because i could be scrolling and i could come across somebody who's looking to buy a house okay. or i could be so it's, it's it's a pro and con i i get sucked into that hole sometimes i mean almost every day um but i try and have something positive come out of it whether it's you know commenting on people's posts or or interacting with people because i realize that the more relevant you are in people's minds the more they'll remember you when it comes time to, you know, needing a real estate agent.
0: Yeah. And how do you how do you how do you get your clients? Because if you're not on social media as much or you as, much as you would like, uh, how do you build your your network?
1: Um, I would say right now my network is mostly built up of referrals. Word of mouth has been so, so, so good for me. I know a few years ago, um, the internet, social marketing was not as popular as it is now. So I did things like magazines and print advertising and things like that. I don't find that it ever really worked too well. was um, expensive. It is so expensive. And I mean, who reads, who reads the magazine anymore, really? Right? Not many. I've done cold calling. I've done door-to-door knocking. I've never found any of those things to be as beneficial as, A, the social media, when I am relevant on there, um, but B, just referrals and word of mouth. The people that I've already dealt with and already have, um, you know, helped find houses always refer me to, to multiple people, and I'm so thankful for that.
0: Well, that's awesome. That is awesome. So who's been your biggest inspiration since you've been in the, you know, the industry?
1: I mean, I would have to say my father, he's been in the industry for 40 plus years now. Um, He's gone from doing the residential, which is like the selling of houses and homes into now the commercial where he sells gas stations and hotels and things like that. So he's very old school when it comes to his method of doing things, which is very different from the way I do things. But he's still been the one who instilled the passion of real estate into me. He still taught me the basics. I still go to him, you know, for questions and things like that. We have our separate businesses, so we don't technically work together, but we, I still help him on his deals. He still helps me on mine. Um, so we're kind of a team still. Yeah. He's so
0: he's like your mentor in the business still. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. So he was like in the industry back when like homes in Mississauga cost a hundred or maybe even 60, 60,000 or a
1: hundred thousand. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Man, you know, Those
1: are the good days.
0: Oh my goodness. And to, to be honest, because I've got, I've got one property and another one, another one that uh, is being uh, completed in, a, in like two, three more years um, in the Mississauga area. And uh, what I love about what I know now, and I sort of hate it, hate it at the same time. is like, if I knew what I know now back then, I probably would have like tried to get a couple more properties on like the Colonial and Collegeway area, just because right now, I think, Yeah. W- w- what are the prices now?
1: they're over a mil all of them
0: oh my god
1: all of them so my parents still live in that area yeah Um, and they had bought their house for a 280 yeah and it's like a detached four bedroom like a a good size home that's well over a million dollars now and they're still in it because i mean they don't have anywhere to go with the prices being so high they don't know where to go
0: right 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 and like by now mortgage probably paid off depending and not to get into too much a uh, personal uh information there but depending on what anybody does with their with their money you because you have an option to refinance and then reinvest that money into other property or you know renovate whatever you you, exactly. you want to do right what do you recommend to your your clients when they purchase homes and maybe they've been in it because i'm, I'm, I'm going to assume that being in the business for 10 years, you have long-term clients, yeah? Yes. Yeah. And uh, repeat customers, like they you, you purchase new homes with them or do other investments, yeah?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, there's some customers where they know that they're just buying a family home and that's their forever home and, and that's it for them. Okay. They're, not, they're not into the investing aspect. You, There's just certain personalities that are just not into it. Their goals are different. They want to spend their money in different ways and that's entirely up to them. Whereas there's others that definitely know that, you know, they're just getting their foot in the door with their first purchase. And I always tell all my clientele, your first first purchase is never going to be your dream home. It's going to be a stepping stone to get to your dream home, but you cannot expect your first purchase to be that, you know, seven bedroom mansion that you want. Unless, I mean, you hit the lottery and whatever, but realistically, it's never your dream home. So to know that we're setting a path or a strategy to get there in two or three purchases, is always my goal with a lot of people is you're, you know, you buy your first home, it's always going to build equity for you. It's always going to appreciate the house. A house is a appreciating asset. You're then going to either sell that home and take that appreciation and buy your next better home, or you're going to hold on to it depending on the person. Again, I always suggest holding on to the first home you purchase. As you said, refinance, pull the equity out of it and then use that equity to buy a second home. Not only are you making residual income for yourself now because you have an investment property and a residential property to live in, but you're building a real estate portfolio long-term.
0: Okay, wonderful. Wonderful. What piece of advice did you get that really helped you achieve success in, in the industry?
1: Um, God, so much, so much advice. I'm always trying to listen to, you know, things online podcasts I try and read a lot Um, it's a matter of you know trying to find what works for you what works for you know someone else in my office like I have a realtor in my office and he is on the phone sitting in the office on the phone cold calling at 8 a.m and he's there with his big voice boisterous voice and he's talking to people on the phone and he doesn't know anyone all strangers he's calling and it works for him but that doesn't work for me because my personality is different so it's a matter of finding what works for you. What works for you know Jim and John and whoever else may not be the thing that works for you. It's finding your niche, what works for you. What I've been blessed with is learning and, and wanting, and my passion is to help those that others kind of overlook and not help so much, which is why I'm doing the community-based DFE investment group. So my goal with real estate isn't to Get those clients that want to buy million dollar homes and five bedrooms homes. My goal with my real estate career is to help those that don't have a house that want to figure out how they can get into a home. That that's my passion. That's my goal. That's what's worked for me.
0: Love it. I love it so much. I, I I'm the reason why I love it is because I feel like a lot of people that especially the community that I grew up in right because I grew up colonial college way Ridgeway as everybody knows yeah Uh, yeah. and uh and uh I want to break that whole mindset that like you know once you're there the the only way you can get out is if you're either an athlete or a rapper uh or you just have to work a nine to five right um so what you're doing for the community I think is wonderful and I'm hoping that a lot of people jump on board and like help you with your cause because I know I'm, I'm there you let me know you let us know what, what we can do to help out and we'll, we'll, we'll get the word out there.
1: Definitely and I mean, yeah. as you said we grew up in Ridgeway. Um, it's an interesting demographic of people because it ranges from like the nine to fivers. you've had the people you know selling drugs on the street and things like that. and realistically and very like openly speaking with you eventually those drug dealers are going to have to retire they're going to have to do something with that money my goal is to try and convert these people into having legitimate assets in life right
0: right that things way. that uh, things that they could you know hand down that is not tied to uh exactly. illegal drugs and and and, and violence right exactly. We want to be able to create generational wealth and uh everybody knows real estate Because it's a real estate that you hold and you can pass that down. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So what piece of advice would you give to any up and coming real estate agent, broker, or investor?
1: Um, I would say keep at it. Patience is definitely a virtue in the real estate industry. Um, I always tell new realtors that the first couple of years you're going to hate your life. You're not going to be able to really um, enjoy much. You may not make the amount of money that you're hoping for right off the bat, but it's a matter of setting your path. It's a matter of looking back. I wish I had done things a little differently in terms of, you know, setting a schedule for myself or a routine to know, hey, three times a week, I'm going to post something on social media. I'm going to be doing, you know, interviews and podcasts and things like that just to get yourself exposure a little more. Um, So it's a matter of just really sticking at it. I think that's very, very important. The second thing is the real estate market is constantly changing. You'll see something in the news every day in relation to real estate or the mortgage industry, which indirectly or directly does affect us as realtors. It's a matter of staying on top of those changes and constantly staying knowledgeable.
0: Awesome, awesome. Hey, actually, let me backtrack a little bit When you first started out, you said, you know, within your first year, you made about like $12,000. What did you do to supplement your, or or did you do anything to supplement your income? Or did you just live off of that $12,000?
1: I lived off of it. I moved in, I was with my parents and I, and thankfully enough, I had them to help me out. Um, But I lived off of it. And that meant not going out much, not doing much, um, just being there (laughs) and struggling for a bit.
0: Okay, so there there are some people that like, you know, they take on multiple projects and, uh, you know, uh, they're focusing on what they love and they're passionate about, but then they also have like a nine to five and uh, getting support from family and friends. For you, was it like that as well? Did you have to do a nine to five while you were building your real estate business? There
1: was a couple of times in the real estate, while I was in the real estate industry, um, I would say within the first five years, just because it wasn't as stable, where I did take on nine to fives here and there but I also learned quickly on that having a nine to five and trying to do real estate is just not feasible because in order to really be successful in the real estate industry, it's a, it's a 24 seven. So okay. the more time you dedicate is the more successes you will achieve out of it.
0: So you're saying laser focused then, and uh, that will get you closer or faster to your goal. Yeah.
1: Definitely. Just because real estate doesn't just come with like, know you go to work and you're sitting at your desk and you're using one computer system and that's the one thing you need to do real estate is so multifaceted where you need to know about mortgages you need to know about the legal aspect you need to constantly be upgrading yourself and doing designations and courses and things like that so being laser focused yes but on 15 different categories
0: right there's always
1: something to do
0: right okay cool excellent excellent thank you for that now um we're getting close to the end here. We want to know from you, whose story would you like to hear? Because there are going to be a lot of people that we're going to share your story with. Uh, whose story do you want to hear next in the night show?
1: Um, I mean, I've heard a couple of your podcasts now um, leading up to this. And I love that really? you are touching base with people from our community. It's been so good to hear from people that like I've lost touch with, but yeah. I've known from the past. And to just hear what they're doing, their success stories. Um, I'm loving hearing what they're doing for the community as well. So anyone else that can help our fellow community members grow um, or as well as help the next generation kind of just find their path in life. I'm loving it.
0: Hey, yeah. Name drop. Cause then we'll we'll do our best to reach out and connect with them and get their story. I'm mm, going
1: to have to think about it.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Think about it. Shoot us a message later on um, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll we'll see if we can get them on the show. Now, where can people, where can people get more details about you and your business? Up here, we've got your your Twitter. Um, do you do you use Twitter often? Or
1: so, no, my Twitter is the least touched of all the social media. So we'll okay. just remove Let's that one. <laughs> um, I am mostly on Instagram, so that's my personal page. As okay. you'll see on the personal page, I do post a lot of my real estate work on there as well. Okay. Um, so reaching out to me on my Instagram is a great way. The DFE Instagram is a way, great way. You'll find my website. I don't know if you have my website open.
0: We can get it open. What's the, what's the website name?
1: Teamdade.ca. T-E-A-M-D-A-D-E There
0: we go. Let's get that. Get that. Get that. Here we go. Teamdade. Okay. Whoa. Look at that. Okay.
1: And if you, you there's my number. You Google me, you'll find my number, my email address. It's tons of ways to reach out.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome. Anything else you want to say to uh, to the guests, the fans that are watching?
1: Um, I would just say, I mean, I know that getting into something like a big investment seems really scary. Um, I would just say it's not the reason for people like me being here. I'm sure there's others with the same mindset as me as the industry is to help those that are scared. So it's always worth it. There's never any harm in reaching out, having a conversation, and maybe you're not ready to, you know, jump into real estate or investing today, but just setting a goal and a path for yourself. I'm here to help people, whether they come back to me or they don't, whether they're here to buy a house now or in five years. I'm here. I'm here to talk. I literally just want to
0: help awesome awesome thank you so much for joining us and letting us pick your brain a little bit I'm hoping that we can get you back on later on as well um you know to to see what uh what has transpired since we last connected
1: Definitely. Uh, I
0: love yeah we've made history you are our first female guest on the night show woo yeah yeah so you know congrats to that and And congrats
1: uh, to you for doing this this is great
0: awesome thank you yeah I appreciate that and the the goal is pretty much similar we want to share the stories of the people within the community in Canada the 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 talented entrepreneurs artists um, and uh, get get them out there as much as possible and get them to educate all the other people because I think the biggest the biggest challenge for for people myself included is the fact that like there's so much opportunity out there but we don't know how to get started or you know we don't we haven't heard the right story from the right person to to give us that little bit of push to to get us you know going so if this podcast can help somebody you know spark that that fire underneath them then all the best to that right
1: i love it definitely
0: yeah. Well, that being said, um, thank you so much for your time. We're gonna let you get back to your Sunday.
1: Thank you so much. It was great talking to you.
0: Pleasure. Yeah, we'll be in touch because hey, um, DFE investment. I I I think it's gonna be something we want to uh, talk to you more about, but we'll do that offline and uh, and see. All what
1: right, we can, sounds good.
0: What the next investment is gonna be about? Okay.
1: All right. Take care. We'll
0: you too. About. Now. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to another episode of The Night Show. Be sure to subscribe, like, and share. For more great content, don't forget to visit gabrielkjones.com slash the night show. That's G-A-B-R-I-E-L-K-J-O-N-E-S dot com the night show. One love.